Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. everybody we are live uh welcome everybody this is the realities ours podcast and we're your host nate and tony hello uh we got an awesome guest on today i'm really excited about this topic we got andy from the deep share podcast yo and man i'm super excited about this uh i know nothing about the box saga so (laughs) wherever you want to start man oh also do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, where they can find you Sure, man. Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, you can find me at the Deep Share, uh, most uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I'm on YouTube and Odyssey, and I have uh, a Patreon, uh, just Patreon.com/slash/TheDeepShare, where I get into a lot of different ideas. Because, yeah, a little bit about me is that I'm all over the place. I have my my brain in about 15 different topics at the same time, all the time. Um, mostly ancient history and symbolism and psychedelica and, and the weirder topics, if you will. But I also like Occam's razor and bringing things back to a simple explanation. If you can, I think shaving off as much fat as we possibly can, uh, is important to get to the truth if that's even possible. But uh, yeah, I've been hosting the deep share for about a year or so, and I've been having a fucking great time in this community, man. Everybody I've met is awesome made great friends and, and, uh, learned a lot and still, still doing that. Still carrying on, man. Hell yeah, man. Well, I'm super stoked if I can get to meet you. So this is fun. Likewise. (laughs) So let's talk about the box saga, man. Sure, man. Box saga is crazy. When I first, uh, got introduced to the box saga was from uh, my buddy, Dan Anaki from rising from the ashes podcast. Shout out to him and Romy homie Romy um those guys turned me on to the box saga and I started watching these documentaries by this guy named Jim Chesner uh one of them was called welcome to hell and it was spelled h-e-l and right off the bat that got my brain thinking uh I always like the word magic that uh people talk about you know um for a while there was this trend of you know this idea of Oh, talking about like good morning and waking up and like how our words are all inverted. And there's always been some really curious things going on with language. So I was always attracted to that. And that's kind of what Box Saga, uh, what, what turned me on about the Box Saga the most is that this conspiracy or story or, you know, hidden history is kind of rooted in this sound system, this ancient language that is supposedly from the saga's perspective, the first language of all of humanity, which right off the bat, that sounds like a religion, right? I mean, every religion, no matter where you go, is going to have its origin story for all of us and own the whole thing. 
you know what I mean? That's pretty typical. Um, and you know, uh, oral traditions, folklore, things like that, uh, from a long time ago, they have the unfortunate reputation of not being trustworthy. Uh, you know, they get passed along and slightly changed here and there. Um, but the saga is different because it lays on top of this very specific sound system. And uh, it's kind of like very similar to like a mathematical matrix. And it controls what is true in the saga and what isn't. It's very weird. Like the, the language itself is wrapped in the story as much as the story is wrapped in the language. Where it's created by the first sounds the first thoughts and the first part of the story and it kind of spirals around bigger and bigger and bigger it's really bizarre but it all connects like that like building blocks to this whole language and you can kind of take it one step at a time and if you say certain pronunciations the wrong way it's literally changing the meaning of the word and this and the sentence and the whole thing and you can check it but granted i'm getting ahead of myself because understanding that language is beyond me it's beyond dan like we've been working at it for a while but it's a lot to do with phonetics and it has to do with tying all of our modern germanic languages right to a, a an earlier source um it's pretty incredible stuff for sure awesome um, man that's crazy yeah 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 um but we can get into um, stuff other than the language as well, like the supposed story itself, which is yeah. about the, the origin of mankind and everything. But what's interesting is the parallels to other myths and how this kind of has a very human, very down to earth explanation for things that uh, we over time have given a lot of interesting, varied opinions towards, including Atlantis and, and things like that. And even uh, certain alien uh, experiences could be explained through the Box Saga story, too. Cool, man. So what I know about the Box Saga is uh, and you can correct me where I'm wrong, because I sure. think I, I think I'm pretty sure I heard this like on the higher side chats maybe a year and a half ago, something like that. That's where I first heard about this. And then. Uh, so it's something to do with like the origins of mankind, right? And it mm -hmm. has something to do with Finland and yeah. it has something to do with uh, a family with the last name Buck that has been continuing this tradition and this story has been passed down through them for a long ass time. Yes. Oh, at least supposedly 10,000 years, is wow. this, you know, but probably much longer according to the saga too it's it's pretty incredible the the things that are related for the early parts of the story are things that we would match up with things that happened a lot longer than that ago so it's pretty crazy but um they suggest or go ahead man if you had more oh it's just good curious. to find out where people are yeah 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 i'm i'm dude i'm at the fucking starting line <laughs> yeah but yeah I'm digging this. Uh, so the so the Bach family is there something special about them, or were they just a family that was like part of this and they tried to hide this knowledge? So it would because I also heard that too, right? They were trying to hide this knowledge from being destroyed, correct? Yes. Or were they some sort of like are they were they supposed to be kings or something? Were the was, was there something special about the Bach family themselves? Uh they claim to be the first family. The Eeyore Bach claimed to be the descendant of the very first family. The Bach saga that was handed down over 25 years, six hours a day to him, 
was a story that was handed down to his sister and mother who told him the same way. And before that, their parents told them and it went on and on and on, supposedly in secret. And the end of the story is that it's not to be released to the public until 1984 or 1986. I could have that wrong. That's okay. a big difference because one of them has a big connotation, of course. But again, yeah, so it's been passed down supposedly this long and they claim to be the descendants of this first family uh, that comes from the the old North pole, which this, the saga talks about as Helsinki, because in the, in the uh, saga, the most fantastical part about it is that the earth goes through some sort of disaster and it it's the story of the earth shifting on its axis and falling on its side and how before Helsinki was where the North Pole was and how it was a paradise and the sun would circle it perfectly, 365 prospectively, uh, you know, a lot of plant growth, food, this and that. It was the Garden of Heathen, as we like to call it, because it's it's literally the Garden of Eden in this story. Hell was the original name for it, and it literally meant balance, home, completion, uh, paradise. So it's it's an interesting parallel and an interesting inversion as well. Interesting, yeah, yeah. That almost has some little Gnostic connotations. That's interesting. Um, so that's pretty cool, man. Uh, do they explain it all? So do they follow the same like North uh, Norse mythology? Do they have the same gods and things? Do they have Odin or anything like that? Like, so, and do they explain how humans began? They do. And it's just as fantastical as pretty much any other religion. Only this one has very controversial, I would say for, especially for the truth community in general, uh, because of the religious and symbolic connotation to it. The origin story in the box saga is that a ape and a goat made love and created the first human and boy anyone that's interested in symbolism their yeah. heads are exploding right now if they haven't heard about this before they're horrified and mystified um and that's how i was i was like okay that's gross but who was top has... and who was bottom uh, it was a nanny goat. So the the woman Lady was goat. the goat. Okay. I could see that. That would make more sense, actually. Be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Being the in the feminine is a very pagan idea, wouldn't you say? Mm. You know, it uh, aligns. You start to see a lot of alignments and a lot of inversions as you get into the box saga. You start to... Uh, what I'm really into now is the fact that it, it's starting to uncover more and more and more how the words and sounds that we use today... And that we used even in the time where the Gnostic Gospels were written and Hermetic philosophy was very big. And now we look back at that and we see the, the elites using that symbolism and this and that. But we're finding the origin to the meanings of those words and who these people were and where they were and why certain things were written about in such glorified or horrified ways. It's, it's very interesting. It tells a very human story. Um, and this includes the fall, like the, 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 like Lucifer's fall. It's unbelievable, but it's a very human story. It's really interesting. I don't discredit anything mystical at all. I really don't. I would say that this story in particular does though. It strictly sticks to the human story, but I think that's important. We need that as a foundation. If this has truth to it, which 
the key is to the roots, the roots, you know, sound system for sure. It's not necessarily the things we can't prove that the truth put, should lie in the root sound system. But, you know, if it is true, then we have to at least accept that as some kind of foundation or at least part of a foundation. And that's why I'm kind of looking at a lot of other books and writings about this time period or this area from different perspectives and different cultures to see if there's any alignments to this story. Cause this is the only story I've ever heard that turns Atlantis into a time period and not a place. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. And okay. it has to do with our ice age and everything. So if so we want to get into that, you can, but yeah, please yeah. ask any questions you have. Well, just to get a little bit of understanding of what this is. So like, Every either word or syllable has a precise meaning that's independent of like our connotations of it. Yeah. To, to give you an idea, um, when we say the letter A, um, the Bach saga people that are very close to it and understand the root language, especially the people from Scandinavia that already are speaking a form of the language without knowing it in mass, um, A is two letters it's ah uh, and ye together because we are not like our again our alphabet is like an amalgamation of something that was much more primal and simple and direct if that makes any sense yeah so it's it's pretty cool but the the most interesting part about that alphabet that they claim is the first alphabet it's virtually the english alphabet and that's very interesting I don't know. It's pretty weird because it has a lot of, um, that's, that's, that's some severe shit right there. That means that this language is much older. It's just kind of messed with in a way by possibly families that were around at least enough to like, hold on to this story. And they know about this, you know, and they were, able that's to fascinating. Kind of, yeah, that's yeah, what that's I, what I was going to ask too. Yeah, that's that was something that came to my mind is like you're talking about how uh, the elites kind of uh, you still use some of these same symbolism that can be found in the story. And I'm curious because you, we all know that they like to occult different things and they like to and have their own, you know, their knowledge that they keep from us. And I'm yeah, I mean, it would be uh, if this is the beginning, it would make sense that they know it, too. And right. they might know some of it. Maybe the box saga is more pure because they've been keeping it. They've been trying to keep that story pure, but yeah, that's fascinating. Well, there's also like the more you, um, you, you find out about the, the, the story, um, the more of some of our goofy puns get more meaning to them. It's really weird. And it, it gives you the chills. If it's, if it's something that hits you the right way, like, the, if you if you don't mind, we'll go into a little bit of the the story of of Atlantis. If you don't, if if it's cool, absolutely, man. Yeah. So we had this perfect paradise at the North Pole in the saga, right? And it was called Udenma, the whole area. Um, Odin was the sun, and of course, we can hear Odin right in there. So when you asked about the Norse mythology, Norse carried after this, at least. From what the, if the saga is true, this was, you know, before the Norse mythology um, was developed fully. But Odin was still the center. He was the sun. Um, and this place was also called hell. And it was perfection. That's what that meant. And then eventually 
this earth tilt disaster happens. And when that happened, we went into the ice age and the ice age to them was called, well, they called, they called the disaster Ragnarok. And then following that, there was a time period called alt land East, which meant all land. And that's interesting because this system in the North pole was concentric rings. That's how their, their structure was. And we see that in uh, Plato's Atlantis accounts from Egypt, um, from Solon. That's we always that's like basically the one indicator in, in the physical realm that we're looking for uh, to indicate where this Atlantis might have been. Right. And we have many different locations. And what I'm finding out about now is that Box Saga is not the only ones that have this this Atlantis myth placed in the very north, at least uh, near the Black Sea, this and that. Um, so it's very interesting to find out from the Box Saga's perspective that it's this huge time period where all of these concentric ring lands outside of the main one at the top were existing because in the box sagas perspective, we were all one connected race throughout the entire world before this tilt happened. We were all tropical colored. We were all one family and we all branched out of that one North pole system and mimicked each other all around the globe, supposedly. And when this tilt happened, the whole land, most of the Northern hemisphere, some of the Southern hemisphere was just decimated by ice, except this place in the North where Helsinki went to like whatever degree it is off the, you know, it's like 23 degrees or something like that. That area, because of the, the Gulf stream that affects the United States too, carried right up over there. Plus the volcanic activity geologically going on in that area supposedly kept this area completely unfrozen totally unfrozen so the whole area alt land east everything is ice except for hell so interesting to know that we popularly have the expression when hell freezes over yeah <laughs> super fascinating yeah i mean it, something that popped out to me when you're telling this story too is like uh, you can find a little bit of that in the bible as well like so before uh the tower of babel we were supposed to be all one people all one language all one yes. culture yeah and, and then god goes smash yes Sma and this is the story of the the tower of babel absolutely in my opinion um, with the language and God in this story is the Catholic church. So it does fit pretty well because, uh, and you know, history matches up as well. You know, Sweden had been swept over by the Catholic church and eventually Udenma, this sacred place in Finland where pagans were still practicing the old ways eventually was overtaken by the Catholic church and completely annihilated. But the, this legendary Bach family supposedly had uh, foreknowledge of the arrival of the Catholic Catholic church, the army and everything. And they, the family had taken all these artifacts and buried them in this temple, this Lemminkainen temple and Lemminkainen is not just belonging to the box saga, but many different Finnish folklores from different areas. And Finland's a pretty big place. This, um, you know, the, the, you know, Helsinki is just one small area where, where the box saga really comes from. So 
all of Finland has many different stories with different gods and different characters, but Lemminkainen is still this center focal point. Um, so this Lemminkainen temple is a real place. It's acknowledged. You can look it up on Google, Google Earth. And um, since this story did come out in the 80s from Eeyore Bach, the people he told, his friends, um, they and others from around the world, and now in 2022, this summer, there's over like 2,500 volunteers from around the world are all there on this independent dig to get into the Lemminkainen Temple, which they say they might be able to finally break into this summer. Awesome. Possibly prove this whole thing, which would be crazy. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. What's next? So it seems like they were a. So Odin was the sun. Yes, he stood for God, the everything, the creator. It's sun worship. Sun it's the worship, beginning yeah. of the sun worship that we all talk about for sure. And I'm not trying to paint it in a positive light. I'm trying to remain as neutral as possible because that's where I always am. In these things, because I see that Box Saga is kind of representing a small part of this very binary system that we're in that's been set up for us and over us, where it's like the old way, the natural way, pagan, heathen. And then there's this new way, which is all like the technocrats, but they're all kind of mixed together, isn't it? Because a lot of the same symbolism as we talked about, but there's a very defined difference where it's like, I would like to call it Satanism and Luciferianism almost where it's Satanism is kind of this natural path and Luciferian is this follow this external, this new way, like where man is God versus nature is God. And I think neither is true because they never want you to look inside for God. Uh, even saga, like I said, is very not spiritual. It's devoid of spirituality. Uh, spirituality is in just life itself for the saga, and that's fine. But there is no uh, talk from what I've seen thus far of like an internal ethereal experience of God or anything like that that I've experienced and many that's others have experienced. Yeah. So you got this natural path, follow nature, follow the physical realm, right? And then you got this other path like, no, the physical is bad follow gods and kings no matter where they lead us you know it's like this binary path that's both bullshit but it, i think both are meant well i think i think the new path is a breaking away of this old system but they went too far the other way yeah because you, we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater on both ends if that makes it any sense it's a little yeah mad. i i find human nature in general it, i think it is pretty natural for there to be binaries and i they're always trying to put us in binaries you're either yes. this or you're fucking Even that. in that and argument. Then, yeah, exactly. And then, but, and it's easier to control you. It's easier to pigeonhole you. And it's easier to, because if you have your own thoughts, ideas, and opinions, you might be way the fuck over here. And they don't want you way the fuck over here. Yeah. And it just divides us. Want, yeah. They don't want the imagination flowing. That's because that's what this community is, right? Like we're all so different from each other, but like, my God, do we all flow right off the bat? Right. Yeah. Like I love that trust that, that just like trust fall that we do with, with everybody that we come on the show with, you know what I mean? And it all, it seems to work out quite a bit. <laughs> I think that's what unites us is that we're all, well, for the most part, we're all people that are just like, we're willing to fucking question where I don't think that we're like, we've dug our heels in too deep. Like I just like, I'm here to fucking, I want to hear everything, man. Yeah, like I'm, I'm having a good time. This is like, I'm too fucking curious. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop man. The rabbit hole. I mean, it's not even a rabbit hole. People like to 
to kind of say that, you know, going down these different, you know, rabbit trails. It's like surfing a wave. It's like surfing a wave, man. It's fun. (laughs) I I think it's, it's not only sure it's entertainment on one level, but um, I think everything's taking us towards, towards more understanding. You know what I mean? And the more we can include, the more we can take off the table, you know, whatever's fitting into the puzzle and what's not fitting, you know, we got to make that differentiation and instead of kind of leaning on our feelings. And I am fascinated by symbolism and, and Gnosticism and all of it. And I'm very interested in where all these symbols come from and how they've been mm-hmm. twisted and how we're so afraid of them or not afraid of them, but we misinterpret them. And we, we misinterpret them and they can also be used against us if we don't understand them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have to they, understand that the secret societies using them are using a tele a game of telephone version of these symbols as well. Hundred percent. Like, yeah, we give them too much credit. Like, they know everything or something, and well, and I also, think that yeah, they they know a lot, but it's about intention for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, they yeah, do know for a sure. lot. Though. Yeah, they. I think they, I think some of them do for sure. But it does feel like, especially with the box saga in mind, it does feel like we're in a family feud that we're, unfortunately we're all kind of a part of that family but we're like the distant distant cousins that don't really feel the fucking cognitive effects and and you know mental traumas of this horrible family that doesn't understand each other but that's kind of what it feels like the more i learn about this because it seems like the the biblical fall from the from the the box saga perspective is literally after the flood happens and this nephilim story from the bible matches up with these old way northern people that were cut off for thousands of years in the ice making all these technological advances while everybody else was struggling through the ice and snow they suddenly came down as these tall blue-eyed white-haired nordic looking people and they were the gods and they mated with other people and the old way was to keep it in the family because it was all about survival in this in this cut off place so they were, you know, breeding inter inter the the culture, but they were all one family. But it wasn't like sister and brother. It was, but it was interbreeding to, for survival mostly, I would say. And then after all this, they go out and they break away from this system that was perfect. So again, we have this like, you know, take it to a personal level. It's like old school dad doesn't like the son's new ideas, and it's like this tearing away, and it's the son, right? It's like. We get sun worship in Egypt, right? Well, the story in the box saga is the firstborn son is called Ra. And he eventually breaks away. This family line breaks away from this old school system and heads into India and then heads into Egypt, supposedly. So wouldn't that make sense? And we do have a God coming into Egypt saying no more pantheism, no more uh, polytheism. You worship the sun. So that's it's an interesting route that that takes from the saga's perspective or from the understanding we already have that's super fascinating man yeah there's so much of this that's so fucking cool because like for the longest time i've been like really obsessed with like the whole druid culture like i i love the whole like that whole like uh celtic paganism and things like that but we know that the majority of it is just fucking lost forever because the romans came in there and fucking killed every single one of them uh called them heathens you know that whole thing and like got rid of the snakes right they got rid of the snakes out of ireland yeah and, and I have some friends that uh, call themselves druids now, and I'm like, 
you're just you're playing dress up like you guys are having fun like i'm not taking that away from you have a good time but this is larping like you guys don't actually know what the fuck's going on man and it's unfortunate because like i mean it's what i've at least heard about like what the druids actually were they were like a warrior like uh class that was also like the doctors also the wise men also like it was like it was like being a fucking chief almost to be part of the druid society like being one of those dudes man i'd I'd love to know some of that fucking knowledge some of the you know like their plant medicine some of that wisdom that's just gone forever yeah man there's there's so many connections in ireland and scotland and and northern england the all that um to these these stories that i'm i'm referencing to it's it's unbelievable and even i've heard connections with ireland and scotland to the anunnaki and stuff like that they have their own words for them and everything and then there's the twava de danan i'm probably saying that wrong but it's literally the tribe of dan and the tribe of dan i have learned a lot about because of the box saga too it ties all together man it's a it's this hidden history that's it's not really hidden it's just completely screwed up and the language especially our language is so backwards it's unreal man this idea of hell being in the north and being a place that didn't freeze over it's just it's so bizarre right but it fits so well you know what i mean and we always see that the elites love to do this inversion to everything so what they put it a place down below us and it's burning all the time right it's interesting yeah it is fascinating man and and it is funny too it's like you can take the pagan out of the person or you can't take the pagan out of the person like it, it is fascinating because like they uh like even when the Catholic Church tried to throw Catholicism on them, they were still we have all these little pagan things that still like yeah. that are still in our culture and that are still part of our story. Um, and it's pretty damn cool that the box were able to like keep this pure. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. I, mean, <laughs> I think I, I have to say that just because it's it really does, it has so many deep connotations. It's it's because if it's true, it kind of just undoes everything you know what i mean and we'd have to read re-look at everything and i don't even know what our language would what we would think of our own language if we were to really study this like I, we, we've been really wanting to get like linguists and etymologists to look at this but we don't even know how to approach them with it like hey can you look at this weird pagan story for us we've never met you we're on conspiracy podcast hi it's just like such a weird thing to try to bring up to certain professions that I think really need to look at this, you know, it's crazy. Like saga, saga, sa means to get and ga means to give. So literally we're talking about this give and get this, this offering this. And we see that manifested in like every primal philosophy there is when it comes to like, you know, the golden rule and, and like, you know, life is about service and this and that we find it at the root of every religion that means well, you know? So what's the language that we should be studying, man? Because like, I realize that so often now I get my fucking mind blown by just like words that I use. And then you find out the actual meanings of the words that you're using. You're like, what the fuck? Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's backwards. And, and just, are just like dumb ones that we all know. It's like government, government, like to control the mind. And right. shit like that and you're like holy fuck you know just like and you just blows your fucking mind when you actually find out like the roots of these fucking of, of language 
Yeah, man. One of them that blew my mind talking to Michelle Merle, who was Eeyore Bach's very good friend. And he was, he's like the primary person that tells the saga now. Um, he talked about barbarian, the term barbarian. Well, we're talking about a culture that was completely comfortable with being naked with one another. But the Catholic Church, you know, and that whole force, we're talking about this bipolar thing, right? they are very repressed and they cover themselves up and they hate everything that's like that. And this barbarian, their bars were bare. It's so phonetic and it sounds goofy, but it's literally how it goes. It's so bizarre. And then that's so about Why does the chicken say Bach? <laughs> but yeah, Bach means goat as well. So that's kind of ties it in, you know, um, that's where this comes from. Uh, okay. So the and thing that we have Baphomet being a pagan symbol, and of course mm -hmm. we attributed to elites and transsexuality. That's not what it's talking about at all. You know what I mean? It's talking about much more primal myths you know, that may or may not be true, regardless. But it is not attached. To, I mean, they're doing that in a convenient way, in my opinion, to scare the shit out of everybody. I think it adds a lot of gusto to what they do. But I think if they believe it, they're misled. You know, not yeah. us. I'm saying like the, the elites mm -hmm. using that symbolism or pushing that on people or whatever. I think what's if they a better really way of that, hiding the truth than putting devil horns on something and then it scares the shit out of people that are so, you know what I mean? And so they're not even going to investigate it. They don't want to well, fucking know. They know that's evil. I stay the, the fuck away from that. Yeah. The horns themselves. <laughs> it's, it's just, a, and I'm, again, I'm neutral on it because both paths, don't, they lead to hubris. I say, don't lean on either wall. That's easy. Find your invisible balancing point. That's what we're here to do. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it's just a natural path. And when you follow this language, it's like, Ooh, shit. You know, I don't think we can really escape it phonetically. And, and, you know, it starts to tie into history and things that we got wrong and everything. It's very interesting. Jesus is a part of the saga. It's it's a mess. <laughs> so that's really interesting. And also what I find so interesting is how much this box saga will uh, how you can fucking use English like you know, all land ice, Atlantis yes. and things like that. So, I mean, English really is a fucking bizarre language that really is a hodgepodge of everything. And we've tried to sort of make it the world's language. You know, yeah. it, that is fascinating that this language can connect to this one. Yeah. Like so also, well. Um, the the Finnish people today don't speak it for the most part, but the... Swedish people today are said to sing the root language of the saga without without understanding really that they're doing it. It's very interesting. Like a lot of their old songs are coming from this Kalevala mystery, this Lamankainen, Vinamonen mythology. All these different places in Scandinavia have very similar stories that you know, the box saga, some of it doesn't even necessarily have to be true for the parts that are really compelling to still be true. And that's the language and the connections to history. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it we can't prove yet or ever, but. Well, that reminds me a little bit of like Hebrew, because for the most part, like Hebrew was lost. 
You know what mm. I mean? That was a lost language. It was basically had fucking disappeared. And the only things that they could still carry were like they had bits and pieces still in uh, what what do they call it? It's basically a pigeon language that they were speaking. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Yiddish? Yiddish, right? Yeah, there was a little bit of the old language still in Yiddish. But they would also, uh, from like different verses from the Torah and stuff, they had been speaking Hebrew like during that. So they had pieces of the old language and that's fascinating. Thinking about the Swedish people singing, singing the old language. Like they still have bits and pieces of this dead language that they can, that is still carried on. Yeah. It's all over there. It's everything. It's unbelievable. Like all the, uh, some of my friends from that area have shown me so many cool pictures of artifacts and this and that that are even in museums that are just kind of either overlooked or interpreted in a different way or associated to a different part of, of time or this or that. But it clearly echoes back to this very bizarre story that I'll just say this right off the bat. You know, I haven't gone through and I won't be able to go through all the details that are completely mind blowing unless, you know, you really (laughs) dig into it on your own. But, you know, if this were to be a prank, Eeyore Bach would have had to have been the most masterful prankster of all time. And it just can't be. Once you get into it, you find that it connects to too many un, uh, uncon, like, sources that weren't connected. They couldn't be, you know, you, you, you start seeing patterns all over the world in different cultures back to this story and this this very uh simple story really it's it's very crazy man let's, let's go back to before atlantis so sure. paradise so, time yeah paradise time so like if we've all heard the stories about atlantis right that it was a thriving like I guess empire, maybe city that had all this really cool uh, advanced technology. Maybe they had flying machines. Maybe they had like uh, like healing, it, like things like that. Like uh, like uh, what do they call that? Like uh, I guess uh, free energy, kind of that sort of all these really cool advancements that were lost in time. Do you think that? Do you think there's anything to that, like per, like before Atlantis kind of thing? Were they did they have any of those things? Can we tie this back to Tartaria in a way, or can we? You know, <laughs> I think we po- we probably can along. The, well, so Tartaria for sure down the line, away from this time period, mm. the, the Ice Age, the Atlantis. I think Tartaria does come into play with again. We use this root language to trace the rest of history. That's why the saga belongs to all of us because the more people that kind of are getting a grasp on the language are starting to add things and go, well, wait, does this mean this then? And it's like, oh, well, hmm, let's kind of trace that back to this. It's it's very interesting. But the the connection to our popular Atlantis stories, that's what I'm digging into right now from different authors, uh, from different perspectives. The Phrygian connections are very interesting. The Black Sea stories are all connected to this uh, this story of Atlantis being this place in the north that was an island that was extremely advanced. Um, But then there's stories, uh, the stories from Plato are talking about an invading Atlantean army. Um, My thought right now, and it's not complete by any means, I'll change it a thousand times. um, My idea is maybe that this idea of Alt land East versus Atlantis, this game of telephone. Uh, it's not just us that have kind of screwed that up. It's ancient history that we consider quote unquote ancient. They also interpret that as a place as well. 
And I think they literally ended up inheriting a place that they ended up calling Atlantis. I think eventually it may be have it might have become a a singular place, perhaps, but it might have been the last part of Atlantis that we're mm. hearing about from Solon. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, this man, this author named Jurgen, shit, Sampo or something. I can't remember his last name, but I'll get it for you. But uh, he talks about how there are literal Egyptian hieroglyphs that tell that story that Solon came back to um, Plato with because Solon talks about the Egyptian teachers literally showing him the hieroglyphs to tell the Atlantis story. So this story of like the great people of Athens having to defend themselves and everything against the Atlanteans that had to exist at some point. So there had to have been some singular place at one point that called itself Atlantis. And they are clearly a, a carryover on some level to this older story of Altland East. I haven't figured out the ins and outs of that yet, but yeah. uh, on my Patreon, Dan and I are digging into that. We have this thing called the deep chill where we're just, it's kind of like being a fly on the wall of our research sessions. And we're digging into all this stuff from a lot of different perspectives, trying to figure out, Again, which puzzle pieces are fitting and which ones are, are just kind of misled or a game of telephone that we're just going to chase our tails. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anybody, if you're getting your fuck, if you're getting excited about this, go check out Andy's fucking Patreon and get in on that shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're, we're really digging in deep to this stuff and we're, we're not, it's a lot of just ideas. We, we're just brainstorming at this point. Um, because, uh, and we have some good people in Scandinavia, good friends that we can reach out to and, you know, say, Hey, is this meaningful or is just some conspiracy word magic nonsense that I'm just thinking of in my own head? You know what I mean? Like, does this sound like this for a reason? <laughs> and it's good to check ourselves because this root language and the connections it can make, uh, just like any other conspiracy theory, it can kind of send you off into many directions that may not follow that may not be good yeah so it's it's pretty deep are you getting a lot of uh are there so are there some folks that are not uh like i guess in scandinavia that are like catching on to this is this is this starting to become a thing over there no i not would quite. say if you from what i hear in in most places if they've heard of the box saga it's not in a good fashion it's in a negative fashion there's a lot of there's a this drama surrounding it too. There's the perfect amount of drama for this perfect story of weirdness because Eeyore Bach was murdered by one of his followers that ended up okay. claiming thinking he was Satan himself. And interesting. interesting because it's like, well, yeah, his family line goes back to the Satan. Like it that's that you just misinterpreting the word, but it's not doesn't mean some demon that's coming to kill everybody, but it may be. I don't know what it ties to, but you know, it ties Was back he the originally last to a different word. Yes. He is the last box. So how about that with this tragic ending? Right. Yeah. It, it almost, you know, for the everything fake crew would be like, Oh, so fake. It's like, <laughs> so too perfect, too perfect. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot to it, but this guy, you know, that's the thing with this saga. I, people have literally committed suicide when understanding this root language too much because it undoes everything we've been taught. Um, I don't, think that's the way it should be taken but it will be taken that way initially it's a yeah. it's it's kind of like a psychedelic experience for me it was like 
it kind of removes your illusions and leaves you with at least what can be proven thus far about yourself. You know, it did that to me about history and was like, Oh fuck. Okay. So me being a very mystical person, I can still groove with these other realms and say as above, so below and everything's fractal. So there could be spirit realms and shit, but it seems like on a historical level, like, ah, I can't watch ancient aliens anymore. Of course, that's, you know, controlled anyway. But like even the idea of ancient aliens, I think the 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 hieroglyphs, the historical text, whatever's pointing to aliens in our past, I think it's a confusion between this northern story of northerners coming loose from the ice coming down and a mixture of the internal experience and the weirdness Mm. of consciousness in the realm. You know, it's this very human story. Versus what's going on internally with us. And uh, yeah, the bouncing off of those two weirdnesses, you know. That's fascinating, man. I, I It also makes me think of like, uh, so in like Norse mythology that I'm, I don't know all that shit, but right, there's, uh, there's these ice giants too, right? Yes. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating how they come into play. Uh, and so, hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. So is there anything? So you said that this isn't like as spiritually woo woo. This seems more like pretty cut and dry. So but I don't necessarily uh, I don't know, man. But so what are your thoughts on? uh, Because I really definitely believe like, do you think that there is interdimensional beings, different things like that that are that are around? Like, could this explain anything or? So that's where I, that's where I I was kind of going off on a tear where like, I believe everything is fractal and that comes Mm. from my deep psychedelic experiences, which kind of showed me that like, no matter how different you work your life, whatever you were doing, we're just in cycles all the time. And those cycles, uh, aren't just on a personal level, but on a societal level, on a galactic level, like everything is just fractals fractaling out over and over and over again. It's like a, it's like we have this original image, call it God or whatever, and it just fractals out from there because everything is vibration, right? Mm-hmm. So everything is happening and everything can be explained in a very physical, material way, but that doesn't take away from all the spiritual experiences people have because these things are happening. I think our science fiction movies have really distorted this for human beings. Even I would dare say that I'm surprised they haven't gotten hold of like a stranglehold on the spiritual uh, movies idea. And like, yeah, well, well they, I they mean, they have, argue superheroes they have. and shit yeah. like that, you know, everything is external. Everything's in the material world, but we're dealing with a world that is internal. It's cognitive. You ain't getting any physical proof. Sorry. If you're seeing something in the external world, it's some sort of reflection reverberation. You know what I mean? In my opinion, I, everything is reverberation outward everything comes from in here i mean the most ancient religions the most ancient religions we have that are spiritual that even historically may have come from this very non-spiritual origin uh they talk about this inner sanctum this inner holiness this inner self this you know this thing to hold on to it's like why we meditate right because it's standing still meditation is to bring that stillness into this constant cycling chaotic mess so like on one level we have the box saga and we got a perfectly good human explanation of tall godlike people with advanced technology coming down from this place saving everyone eventually 
you know, that were experiencing the ice melting because the, the, all of the ice melting and all of that, it's all part of, it's in the story. But then of course we have many other stories that kind of align with that deeper psychedelic, spiritual, near death experience. Uh, you know, I actually, I don't mean to plug my Patreon again, but I've, I've been told, I've been told by friends, I actually need to plug it for people to be interested in it. Do it, man. So yeah. I have another show called the witness where I'm working on this kind of stuff, where I'm putting an umbrella over this, these different experiences. A lot of times, not to say that things can't be material and physical, but that along with those come all these other fractaling like Russian doll levels of reality where, yeah, demons sure also depression on another level you know what i mean like you can do it that way it can work on a psychological level like you can kind of work these different levels of reality into the same story you don't have to be against one another and that's one of our yeah. biggest problems in the truth community of course is well they believe this and i believe this it's like well what if we're all right in some yeah. way not to say that we're all living in different universes and seeing different things but that how beautiful would this story be? Just like one of those epic movies that just rolls right into itself at the end where you, how are they going to bring this all together? Right. I mean, this is the ultimate story. And a lot of us do say it kind of plays out, you know, the theater of war, the stage, you know, world is a stage, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that was dude, a mouthful. I hate to be, oh, dude, it's great, man. I love the rants, dude. That's like, you get on a fucking thing, man. It's great. Uh, no, um, yeah, I don't want to be that gay dude that just says like perception is reality, but it's true, you know. A and, perception, <laughs> but something that you said fucking that made my mind go nuts. What you were talking about, so like it's all in you, and so all of these, uh, all of these experiences that we feel maybe are coming in from internally. So like, do you think just throwing this out there, if somebody has like an alien encounter, is that something that? they're only experiencing like do you think that that's something coming from internally that they are they're seeing and experiencing this but this is actually coming from within so that's a, another fine line right because i have friends that will easily jump on that side of it and say absolutely it's all and they say it in a way that to someone kind of with these ex experiences can feel dismissive yeah. or like you're taking the guts right out of my experience here, you know? And I think there's a way again for both to be right. Like the, the within thing is happening, but I mean, if you look at Buddhism, which remember Hinduism uh, didn't like these guys. So Buddhism had to break off and become its own thing because they were like, you're hanging on to the self that's attachment. You know, <laughs> Buddhism was like those extremists, you know, the within is the without that we are co-creating this physical thing. It's like, if you ever get into alchemy, alchemy, in a sense, it's like this spirit, this ether, plus this material mixed together creates like this conscious experience that we're all a part of. It's like we're here by accident, but it's a perfect accident. It's not godless, just God didn't mean to do it either, almost, or something like that, you know? Or he's well, trying to do it. Well, if language has this precise meaning that we're programming the universe constantly. Yeah. And then also we got to figure out like what we're doing now. We're using microphones. We're broadcasting. So is that, is we're that broadly like. Broadly casting our spells. Yeah. So what does that do to how we're programming reality? 
Well, I would say because of the information we're sharing, I mean, I, I think it goes back to intent, right? I mean, we're a lot of a lot of people are thinking that I'm against technology lately because I'm freaking out about Elon Musk and I should probably stop. But I don't like freak out, man. That crazy there. bastard. Yeah. Um, I think, and I appreciate all the monkeys are that, dead. Man. All yeah, the monkeys really, are dead. Yeah, the man, ones they put I the goddamn that. chips in. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> and it's it goes it goes there. It goes to fucking yeah. It's it's sad. I. I can see how they're going to, he's going to take out half the fucking truth community. I get it. But like, anyway, like technology is not the problem. No, he's right? the good guy. He's the yeah, one. He's, he's the savior, the... <laughs> right? He's the one that hate. He just posted. I just had to fucking post about it on Twitter because like that meme that's going around where like the cartoon of, of uh, Bill Gates pregnant. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's kind of goofy. Whatever. It was funny for a second. Yeah. He retweeted it now, which is he's fucking a little late to the party, bro. And he retweeted like if you want to lose a boner quick or something i'm like are you gonna come out with your own conspiracy podcast next you fucking clown like you're we're no one's him involved. and russell peters yes, or what's that guy who's the, it, but... who's the fucking british guy that has like the long hair and is always shirtless and he's always doing these like pseudo fucking uh conspiracy shows you know who i'm talking about oh, russell brandon him and russell brand are gonna fucking do a podcast they're both in bed with the wef anyway which Mm -hmm. again we can't point to the wef and say they're the big bad guy because you go close enough you can't find anything and this and that and nothing no you can talk shit about it head off right and three three heads grow back i totally think that the, the yeah the world economic forum is like the acceptable bad guy it's a figurehead. It's I it's here, like, yeah, know. that everyone can point at, and they can be like, "Look at Klaus Schwab. He's fucking Doctor Evil." And like, he is an evil piece of shit for sure, but he's not. He's not the fucking kingpin. Well, no, no one no. knew. You who don't he know was the kingpin's name. Now. Yeah, no one knew who he was at all. He's been running this thing forever, and yeah, yes, so. it is clandestine for sure, and like it is nefarious, and they're out in the open with all the fucking. And I'm sure he does eat babies. I'm sure he does do all those fucking things, but yeah, he's just still we're never gonna know the it. names of like the like this machine will run perfectly and smoothly without any of the names that we know. Yeah, that's true, man. It's it, all it about sucks. automation, anyway, right? They're yeah. heading us towards anima- automation. They would want this system to be automated. Not everybody has to be in the know. You know, that's what most people don't get right. You know, when they dismiss a lot of the stuff we talk about that, like everybody has to be involved or some shit. No, this thing runs like a well-oiled machine for thousands of years. Well, it might because be I think the, they prey on human nature. Yeah, no, it just might be the system that self-perpetuates itself and the people involved in this are really just replaceable. They might, yeah, they might, they might not be absolutely. anyone at the top. It just has its own internal momentum. Well, there, I what I do think, I though, know. I think probably there is are. a system of, uh, of nep- nepotism uh, mm-hmm. on, on many sure. levels and uh, lineages that have to pass this information down in the form of secret societies and, and you know, shady government families and this and that. And again, names we don't know in the private sector. Mm-hmm. For and sure. they built this but, infrastructure that is just so in, like their roots are so fucking deep. Oh, yeah. you can't. Yeah. And, it, and what I'm seeing more and more is that it's kind of like that movie. And I can't give you an example off the top of my head, but it's like, you know, once the, the good guys finally get to the bad guys and the bad guys finally reveal why they've done everything they've done. And the good guys, every movie go, ever. And they have to go, <laughs> God damn, I guess it has to be done. I guess I'll be the one, you know, it's like, I think that the, you know, maybe that's some sort of lay lame explanation for why so many 
supposed heroes or cool authors or good people suddenly are like, oh, they're on that side of things, man. Maybe, maybe they do get shown some shit. And it's like, yeah, if these forces don't continue to just cycle round and round and work against but with each other the whole universe explode or this experience doesn't happen or something because again i feel like it's very alchemical we have two opposing forces like the yin yang is a good example and the opposing force is born in each side right it's it's this flow of life and we can take it to a very conscious human level and say that there's like maybe a consensus consciousness at the top that is god that can kind of drop into whatever level or fractal he wants. Maybe. I, I don't know. I would love to think that because I did experience a personality in my deepest experiences for sure. An, ins- an assurance, uh, uh, an existentialist uh, feeling that I couldn't let go of it. Just, it was life-changing. Right. And I can't take away from that, but I do yeah. think it's inextric- inextricably attached to our personal consciousness as, as well. Mm-hmm. I, uh, word salad. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you're taking it from like a Christian perspective, I feel that there is God and that that Holy spirit, there is that seed in me right, and hold, right. yeah, he, that, yeah. So, I mean, I this totally is where Emmanuel from uh, goodness over darkness podcast. And I jive so well because yeah. like, again, he's talking, I'm talking to him specific. soon. He's awesome. Yeah. I hope you have a great conversation. Um, his perspective is very particular and focuses on Jesus, not Christian in particular, but Jesus, but I don't, but the way that the realms that we get into, man, it, it's, it's again, it's that fractal feeling. You know, it's and who knows happened. that that personality that you're talking about that that interaction that you had with that being that is maybe that's who we're talking about. You know that that's what we call Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and that's and, how, I, yeah, I would say that's the the interpretation that Emmanuel's kind of gifted me with a little bit is that you know people paint him as some Jesus freak sometimes, and it's like the, you're not looking at what he's doing and what he's saying. That uh, that'll yeah. split you too with the com- truth community. If I start talking about Jesus, oh, you're the most stupid idiot start, asshole. <laughs> and, and I know that I'm I'm uh, uh, a target for it towards paganism because I I know a lot about the the esoteric symbolism and and these roots and everything, and it leading me to fucking history and and the p- pieces they're fucking missing so it's like what do you want me to do i'm trying to stay neutral here uh i you know but it's it's it puts a you target know, on your back for sure to people that whenever somebody starts time. saying they have the answer that's when i tune out you start yeah, fucking I mean, telling me you fucking know it all like right. you know you're right you're correct oh yeah. okay fuck you <laughs> yeah this is a this is just a piece you know this box yeah. dog is a very interesting intriguing piece that leads us places not necessarily the be all end all we're always looking yeah. for a we a flipped the point, fucking puzzle you know? box and there just happened to be a bunch of pieces that were stuck together and so <laughs> so we found like a nice chunk so maybe we can build off this and this is yeah. something I think it's yeah. important to do that. And again, not to take away from the UFO community or any of any amazing experiences that are reported on kind of like a higher order kind of way. You know, I don't think it has to take away from that. I think we uh, we just have a very complex history that we do have access to. I think the uh, misconception is that it's all hidden and it's just hard. It's you got to dig in and you got to read a lot of old shit and you got to do your homework on some of the sentences you're even reading to figure out what they meant. And 
it's not easy. You know, it takes a lot of time out of your fucking busy day. So it's not hidden. It's all there. It may even be a little bit more expensive, but mainly because they're not printing the shit anymore. Not because some government agency isn't allowing you access to it. It's all there. We often say that they reveal everything, right? So it's there for the pickings as long as we're interested or we have the eyes to see it, you know? 100%, man. I think they have to keep it out there. I think they can make it harder and harder to find sometimes. They can try to bury things, but they can't cover it up all the way. No way. It's there. Yeah. So let's start hitting around. So we talked about maybe doing a part two where we go deep into some into some deeper stuff. Do you want to start uh, building up towards that so we can give a teaser? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it would be great to include uh, Dan Anaki on that one if, if we want to do Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, that sounds like fun. He's more of the historian. I'm more of the, you know, he tells me chunks of history and I'm like putting together like, the human character side of it, the consciousness part of it. Like, where does that fit into like the story? I already like the map I already have going on in my head. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, we could definitely at least tease like the, the tribe of Dan stuff, because what that leads to is kind of like basically Tartaria and you know, who the Nazis it, really man. are and stuff like that. But I think so I would be, I'm not familiar. What, what is, what the hell is the tribe of Dan? The tribe of Dan is like the lost tribe of Israel. Gotcha. Um, okay. So this tribe of Dan, the symbolism right off the bat, it's a horse or it can often be a serpent. Um, it's directly, not directly, uh, indirectly <laughs> related to uh, the serpent people of Egypt and those stories. So, and that's tied right into the Anunnaki as well. Um, but also the tribe of Dan is tied into this box saga story in a very peculiar way. So this language, this root language system, the way it's described is a language that is formed from the inside out. And we've talked about this concept already. This things are formed from the inside out in a lot of different cultures. Um, so this language, things were named after the internal experience, the body, and then the surroundings. So everything was named outwardly. And it was also a living language where symbols meant movements and things like that. So that ties into this. Dan, the story of Dan, the story of the saga eventually becomes this story of two brothers Don and Sven. And these two brothers decide to break away from this old system. And this may be a part of that Lucifer falling system, that, Mm. that idea. Um, And again, we have the serpent symbolism already with Dan. Um, So these two brothers, one goes one direction and the other goes another direction and they form this V That's what I like to focus in on because I love how visual it is. But they form this two-king system. One forms a place called Sweden. Sven forms Sweden. Dan forms Denmark. And it's the bi-two-king system. The vi-king system. And they diverged in this V form. Viking. Yes, this Viking system. And this is how the box saga vaguely, t- you know, talks about 
how this system comes in. It's pretty, pretty interesting. So we can get way more details into that with Dan on board for sure. He can fill in a lot of very intriguing gaps. He's even like informing me about my name and his name. And he's like, Oh my God, our families were on the battlefield together at one point. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I love that. I'm just learning so much more about my own heritage from this dude. So I think he would be a great inclusion on, on that part too, for sure. And we yeah, can brother. more into I'm- those areas. We love meeting new people and having interesting conversations. So that sounds like a plan. Hell yeah, man. It's been great to tell this story. I think this was like the the best I've been able to do it because I've been on a few podcasts to talk about the saga because I'm so excited about it. It's so intriguing, but it's so big to get my head around too. It's hard to explain it all, but I've, I felt like I did all right this time. I felt like I got it across okay. Hell yeah, man. So how did the Anunnaki tie into this? Is this something we should do? Can you give us a little teaser on that one? Well, I think Dan would definitely be able to fill in the gaps more accurately and more detail with more uh, conviction for you, for sure. Um, At this point, my memory can be kind of kind of flighty sometimes with some bad habits of mine so <laughs> i can just be like it's totally connected bro just like just just trust me man no, but but no we can awesome. we can definitely go into more of that but we can definitely tie in the anunnaki to the nordic stories mainly because of their connection to the mesoamerican stories of like quetzalcoatl that's not considered anunnaki because those stories are clearly connected the the mesoamerican gods are clearly the same gods of the persian gulf you know uh, ancient iraq uh the, the these stories are very very similar and the interesting part is that the southern american stories and the and the uh the central american stories are are talking about blonde haired nordic looking uh gods and you start looking at the value systems and you wonder about the the um the interbreeding that was going on in this story as the old way. And you wonder about a lot of these elites and where they come from and a lot of the goat symbolism that they wear. Mama Rothschild wears a fucking big goat. She wears the Bach right there Mm -hmm. in public and people all call her a Luciferian, but no, no, she's a Satanist dude. (laughs) She's like, it's like different, (laughs) man. It's, It's the same fucking family, but it's like this, weird breaking off situation i it's hell it's yeah deep, man. man but yeah i'm i apologize i think dan could definitely fill in more gaps sounds good man connections there but um, uh but yeah i'm also curious where uh where things like so i've heard this and my problem is i have a fucking shitty memory too uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and i'm trying to remember where uh what pod i listen to so many fucking podcasts i forget who says what I but i heard this fucking really cool tie-in actually where uh like so through the Siberian Peninsula, right when it was frozen, uh, or I guess maybe they took boats too. That that whole Greater Tartary actually came in and was and was part of North America as well. So all through Alaska, Canada, even like some of the Great Plains area, all of that was part of Tartary as well. And like mm-hmm. that was part of uh, so that that so this is even part of our history that we don't talk about or that was rewritten around those eighteen hundred like the that last great reset right, right. where uh, that part of like uh, what the hell did we call that when we wanted to go all the way to the Pacific um, you know 
all the fucking American. Anyways, uh, yeah. you know what I'm talking I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually fighting. Uh, that was actually fighting Tartaria. That the Native Americans were Tartarians, and they were like a last tribe of Tartaria and that they were way like, and we do our best to like uh, paint them as savages when maybe they actually had some interesting technologies that we don't know about. And then maybe that would also tie into why we had to take all those native children and put them in those re in those fucking camps. Right. And take away their language and, and reteach them and like brainwash these kids and try to occult their history from them. And I don't know, man, all that shit's fascinating. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That takes us way out. And t- it's okay. Yeah. Tartaria definitely ties into it for sure. I mean, I, I, it seems like Tartaria was, um, this is something that a lot of the world already knows about. And that's what kind of freaks me out about our place in all this, that Tartaria is only talked about um, by us freaks. And, and only for like the past few years, like three or four years, it has been at least a, uh, a popular fringe topic, maybe five. I, yeah. I don't know yeah. how long it's been around, but from what I hear from, from certain people and sources that I trust, it's that, yeah, well, this country, this country, they, they all knew about it. It's all in their mm-hmm. history books. Like it's all part of the world. Like what the fuck's going on over here in the West? Like what kind of experiment, what kind of bubble are we in just in the West here? It's very weird, man. And like also this stuff. So Tartar was brought up on something that I posted on Instagram, this old book called uh, ancient oriental mystic uh, masonry. And it was written by a grandmaster talking to other masters and other grandmasters uh, mostly because at that time the books of that stature were only passed between the different lodges and this and that. Um, this book talks about the Tartars basically had their chance and lost it. And it's just, it's there. It's just there in plain sight. And in that same fucking paragraph, they're talking about America and Egypt being the same thing. And that's really throwing me for a loop right now um, because of all that we have discovered out in the Western, Western area of our country and like the Grand Canyon and all the, you know, my friend Casey has uncovered so much about like ancient, not maybe not ancient, but like old demolition from that most recent reset. You're talking about massive demolition projects out in the, the Southwest Oh, man, I don't know what to think. I mean, this throws an even further wrench into things because Boxaga has Altland East, right? And then you have yet another like source here because they talk about America and Egypt being the same thing and that being Atlantis. So it's really fucking convoluted right now. Yeah. We, we've gotten further, I would say, in this community. We've definitely broken open a bunch of shit. And I think we're taking a good look at all of it. But I man, there's a lot more to, to dig through. I think every time we, again, like you said, you can't point to the, the answer yet by any means. No one's yeah. got the answer. I mean, all, all the answer together. that we know is that like Christopher Columbus was definitely not the first European here. This wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? All this bullshit. And you know, like, just to go off on a separate tear, just to give people a really fun example of like, you know, uh, how they invert things and how they, how they fuck with us is like Donald Trump a few months back. Um, someone was trying to, they were trying to tear down a Columbus statue. Right. And he paints it to his audience as this, 
you know, thing about erasing history and everything where on one hand, absolutely. We need every bit of history to remain at least intact so we can go through it all and see it. But he's also holding up the fake ass history. You know what I mean? And that's how they do it. They put the dynamic into that red Mm -hmm. versus blue, those two forces working together. And then you'll have them gung ho defending this history. And right. But we have to remember this too, that they, uh, they quote unquote, they, right. We can relate it in a religious way to this characteristic of being not creative and having to latch onto us and have us do things for them. Right. And that's another Anunnaki thing as well. This world was too toilsome for the gods. So we had to be created. So they can't create this red versus blue, this, this, uh, very polar opposing kind of situation going back and forth. They give it to us in this small controlled version, but they don't know how to create. So they're just mimicking what's already really going on. So that's what I go back to with this. You know, divide and conquer is not only a mechanism used, but I think it's also a natural part of the system of life. I think this two converging, these, uh, these competing. We're tribal as fuck. are just on every level of reality down to quantum physics. I mean, you find these forces. So, you know, some of it's controlled by elites, but some of it's just part of life. Yeah. And I think that in human nature too, I mean, you feel safe if you have an in-group. Right. right? right. So you're like, this is is my team. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen when everybody's in the in-group, right? Paradise. Well, you don't have an in-group though. That's like you don't have an actual real in-group. So therefore, like you're attached, like you're overly concerned with these like abstract in-groups, like your right. online tribe, which right. if anything goes down to your personal life, like that's not gonna help you out. No, you can get some support from afar for the most part. And I've definitely had a good amount of like real support from fans that that when i went through a really i had a deluge of my own at my house and yeah. it destroyed and put me out of out of the podcast for a while and i had a lot of support you know but for the most part yeah we're like we're not all gang together i mean my god if if we were maybe we could do some real damage i don't know <laughs> if we the people protesting aren't us they're the people that think protesting does something you if we could I mean? stop fighting about like well, I think it's Jesus. Well, then you're a piece of shit. Well, right. I think it's, yeah. Exactly. That's the biggest problem, man. It's like, well, every reason why this guy thinks Jesus is the answer is the fucking right reason to think that. Yeah, All right? Exactly. So let it go. You know, <laughs> I mean, unless they're condemning pagans, which unfortunately is the, it's the same. Ugh, we got our goods and evils on both ends. You know what I mean? Dude, if we don't have each other's back, we're already a minority in a minority in a minority. <laughs> we got to have each other's back. Like, we're the fringe of the fringe. And so, come on, let's be friends. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, you know, we have to infect everyone else. And in, in a way, it's like fight fire with fire, right? It's like, yeah, the more of us there are, the less of them there are. But that's a good thing because them is already us, you know? Yeah. I believe in, I very much believe in generational trauma. Uh, yeah. On again, many levels of reality. And on one level, I, I take to heart what Randall Carlson says about Halloween being this global time period of remembrance of the day of the dead of when we lost fucking everyone to some absolute horrible disaster. Mm. And because of that, imagine the lives that pursued for hundreds or thousands of years, horrible shit living in 
terror and horror and destruction and Mad Max terror without technology. You know what I mean? So you're passing down real generational trauma into these horrible time periods all the way up until now. That does play a part on top of all the weird secret society shit as well. You know, so we have to also consider the very human story we're a part of in this very real place, as well as all these other levels that seem to exist simultaneously. Hell yeah. I love it, man. So I think this is where we're going to end it on part one. Uh, Andy, thank you, brother. And we're going to do a part two. This is going to be, you're going to have to join our Rockfin. So go join Rockfin. This is going to be a premium. And then you can probably also throw this on your, uh, on your Patreon. I'm retarded. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> sure, do you yeah, want to, uh, you want to throw in some last minute plugs, man? Tell people where, all sure, that fun sure. stuff. Yeah. Again, the deep, deep share, the deep share on Instagram and Twitter. Just follow me. If you want to see me rant about crazy shit, it's basically me just having ideas and throwing them out there. So I could be wrong, but I'm just progressing as everybody else through there. And uh, you can find me on YouTube because I am not shadow banned. I am not censored. I'm probably too little to, for them to care about, but I talk about everything that isn't supposed to be talked about as easy as YouTube, but I'm also on Odyssey, so you can find me over there. And yeah, patreon.com slash the deep share. I've got a lot brewing over on that end as well, and we're going to dig in much deeper. And yeah, on this part two, we'll bring Dan on, and we'll get more in-depth with the language, and we'll get more in-depth with like the connections to other parts of history that we already accept and have kind of gone off in our own crazy directions with, and this may give us a little bit more of a compass. Awesome, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, I'm going to hit the outro, and then let's bail. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs>